0: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills.
1: There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com
0: slash metaverse impact. So what are you supposed to do between each Gadget podcast? Wait in silence? I'm Matt Smith, and every morning I walk through the day's biggest tech stories. It's short, relevant, and ready for listening whenever you wake up. Find Engadget Morning Edition wherever you find your podcasts. Or ask your smart speaker for the latest news from Engadget.
1: What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Engadget podcast. I'm Senior Editor Devendra Hardwar.
0: I'm Reviews Editor Sherlyn Lowe.
1: Today, we'll be talking about the latest series of missions to Mars and why so many countries are spending more time thinking about, you know, launching uh, probes and rovers and bringing them to Mars right now. What's the deal with that? And also, there's some news about Facebook and uh, TikTok, TikTok's acquisition in particular, which we've been following for a while. So we'll be following up on all of that. As usual, if you've been enjoying the Engadget podcast, please be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. Leave us a review on iTunes. And uh, yeah, you can drop us an email at podcast We'd love to take your questions. So everybody is going to Mars. That is, it's a weird thing to see so many Mars missions kind of coming to fruition right now. Um So last year, we were at a point where the Earth and Mars were close enough where a lot of countries were able to launch missions uh, to get to Mars uh, faster than in any other typical point. It was just like a good timing thing. So we see three missions that are going to be coming up uh, right now. So this week, the United Arab Emirates announced that they successfully put a probe around Mars. That was a $200 million project they launched last July China's probe entered orbit on the 10th, so also this week, a bit after that. The U.S. has something as well, the Perseverance rover. That's going to be landing on Mars around February 18th. So all these things happening at once. And uh, it is really interesting to see more of a focus on major space missions and also missions around Mars. The UAE, now that it's actually in orbit around Mars, it is the fifth country to reach Mars. Uh, China would be the sixth. And the UAE's probe is going to be orbiting Mars, monitoring its atmosphere, really focusing on the weather. And it's going to be studying global weather cycles and the way dust storms form. And we're also trying to figure out why Mars is leaking hydrogen and oxygen, because that's kind of an important thing to know if we ever set up manned Mars uh, sites or anything for actual humans. And we also know, I believe the UAE is aiming to put a lander on the moon by 2024. Everyone's going to space kind of a big deal especially for the UAE which hasn't had like too much success in space recently right any thoughts about this side of the story chloen
0: i don't really know what the uae's attempts have been like recently but i do know there's a lot of interest in space it makes sense right the world's going to pieces <laughs> we um, got to get out and we got to get the heck out of <laughs> here and you know feeling like there's life out there will make us feel less lonely hopefully so uh I understand the desire to look outside, and for me, just like learning all these space rocket names is part of the fun. I You're curious that like none China, of these so were yeah, actual. From what I've seen, I, I mean, and <laughs> India is actually the Chandrayaan from like I think two years ago was one we followed. But uh, no, I, I th- that this is one of the races that's going mm-hmm. on to me it seems like the other race is the manned missions right like well I don't know if any of these were actually manned no. these were like drones no. and, and and a manned probes. mission to
1: Mars would be a much much bigger deal than a lot of these things I feel like these things lost oh, just, just just even into forgot. space yeah. yeah
0: right just even into space is like a go- like a, a race right now a challenge right mm-hmm. now so going to Mars with manned <laughs> missions would be like a whole yeah. other race that Will probably happen soon. We're going to see a lot of
1: things happening this decade, right? At. I believe China. China has always said, like, hey, at some point in the 2020s, we're going to have a permanent space station. Uh, in 2011, they were saying that was going to happen by 2020. Obviously, didn't. Uh, now the latest we've heard is like maybe by 2022, which still seems. Very very soon, and let's talk about China's probe and what China's doing too. Their mission Tianwen one. It's an orbiter, lander, and a six wheeled rover, and they're doing this all at once, which is kind of unique um, because typically either country just launches a probe or they launch a rover. It's hard to do everything all at the same time. And uh, China's plan is to look at the uh, geological structure, atmosphere, soil, environment, because it's going to be actually right into Mars. Um, that's going to be much better than having a probe too, but they're going to have both, and I feel like that's going to be an important thing. Um, China is the first country that's going to be doing both the orbiter and rover at the same time, and maybe we're going to see more of these combined missions from some com- from. Maybe we're going to see more of these combined missions from some countries too, uh, just because the cost of launching and traveling there seems like hey, you should probably do more than one thing on your trip. Uh, I believe the probe is going to be orbiting. Uh, it's going to be releasing the rover and also coordinating the landing and all that stuff. The Chinese rover is going to be there for three months. And, uh, you know, they're hoping it can learn more. Um, you know, this also follows kind of a failure for China, too. In 2011, they had a probe that they tried to launch uh, to reach Mars. It kind of stalled. It got stuck in the Earth's orbit. And a couple of years later, it just came crashing down to the planet. Um, but now China has made some bigger leaps, too. And, yeah, the U.S., NASA has the Perseverance rover, which is going to be, hey, it's another rover from NASA. Uh, I'm not sure, like, what else they're going to be able to do. And I hope it lands there, um, you know, successfully. That seems like the hard part, because landing anything on Mars, because it has such a thin atmosphere and you can't, like, use parachutes. You really have to think hard about how you get something down to the surface. Um, That's going to be an ongoing problem for all these countries you have any thoughts, Roland? just, I guess, yeah, in general, about the push towards Mars and what these countries are so, doing? Mm-hmm.
0: For sure. I mean, like, this yeah. thought kind of just came to me, like, calling it a space yep. race. It is a race because it's a race for these countries to stake their flags on new territories. If you think about it, whoever finds things out first or whoever manages to, what, yep. set up camp first or whatever is going to be able to claim <laughs> you have to think for the future when, like, we're trying to own pieces of these places. When by the we, I mean race, the yeah. human pop race, right? I don't mean like me. But like, you know, if Elon Musk's gonna be there first, then like Tesla's gonna own a huge yeah. or whatever. SpaceX is gonna own a huge part of whatever planet we that decide is. That to is our horrific future where <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> the moon just has a giant Tesla or SpaceX logo on it because uh, Elon yeah. Musk got there first.
0: Like Ad Astra, like Like Ad Astra, um,
1: yeah. uh, Talk about a movie that nobody really talks about, but the Brad Pitt starring film Ad Astra from a couple years ago had this. Mm. It is a wonderful, like, unique sci fi movie, but it has this vision of the moon, which is just like a mini mall, right? It is like Mm -hmm. they get to the moon via commercial Virgin Galactic flights, and it's just like subway and Sparrow and Pizza Hut on the moon in a base. It's just like, like. yeah, the, it's a going the to a mall, Station, and that's where we're headed. The kind Penn of. The right? Penn Station
0: of space travel. Yeah, it's like it's <laughs> as depressing as Penn Station or whichever little convenience yeah. kiosks you get into. It's yeah. the Port
1: Authority. Uh, but that's on the Ad moon, basically. Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. Oh, nightmare. If that's the Adestra mm-hmm. take on it. I'm seriously hoping that that's not what it becomes. Uh, that's why it's, I guess, slightly more encouraging to see it's more like come efforts from countries yeah. rather than the private sector. Uh, making it to these places first—that's why I, f- I feel like you know space programs are looking for funding all mm-hmm. the time. But it is intriguing to see. I am curious to see with with China's like efforts, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. right? Like, will they beat the U.S. And if so, will this give them more, like? power over time i don't know but it's interesting to see yeah
1: it's uh everyone's betting on space this is a new space race basically like as you were mentioning like in the 70s it was you know the u.s and the soviet union and hey we we over those years and since then we've put 14 satellites around mars uh, across you know several different countries six of which are still currently active not including these new ones landing this week so you know it is funny to see things moving so quickly. I'm interested in seeing more Mars study, not necessarily man travel. I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. think we need to be there. It is, I don't know if you guys have ever been to a desert, you know, but just going to a desert on Earth, um, going to one where it is both a desert and uh, hostile to life in almost every way. I'm not sure that's the big push we need to put our money on, but I would love to study Mars. I want to study all the other planets, and certainly we can do a lot of this with robots and with probes and with machines that land and put, you know, don't risk human lives. Uh, but, yeah, I wonder how fast we'll move on from that. Yeah,
0: A little, a little factoid mm-hmm. for our podcast listeners and our live stream viewers. Uh, I just want to point out that, there's an article I read that translated the name of the Chinese rocket Tianwen-1 as like Quest for Heavenly mm-hmm. Truth. And like that's a very literary, like a very prose like way of describing the, the the Tianwen literally means sky questions. <laughs> so it's it's like it that's that's a lot to to interpret from sky questions, but it is about like it's very, yes. It's very literal. Yes, I have Chinese sky questions, as a language sky answers. You, we have questions yeah. about the sky, but but I will say that like Chinese is a poetic language. There probably is that meaning from from whoever named the shuttle. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's it's questions about the sky, which is a kind of <laughs> nice name for. I a assume shuttle. given that you it know? is it is Tor-Pol. literally
1: China's biggest space mission so far. That yeah, they're trying to be a little poetic with it. But
0: I don't know. Yeah, the one they named before this Yinghua one, it's more like Firefly one. So. Yeah, you know that's a bit, a bit, and that was the one that poetic, failed and
1: less poetic, and it yeah. didn't make it out of our orbit. So there you go. Name your name that's your satellite they need properly. need a
0: better name first.
1: now. Let's come down to Earth a bit, uh, Sherlyn. What's going on in the world <laughs> of social media? You know, when I hear about social media news, it really makes me just want to go back to space and think about being on Mars for a while. So maybe I should rethink my plan <clears throat> about man's Mars travel.
0: I mean, on Earth, mm-hmm. time has stopped, and. We know that for ourselves, but also for TikTok, right? Like TikTok has been in this limbo with the Trump administration from, you know, being slapped with a lot of accusations and then this having to sell, then being ghosted by the Trump administration (laughs) around the time of (laughs) the elections. And then now we're hearing news this week that the sale itself has been shelved and put on hold indefinitely. The Biden administration is looking to review some of the uh, decisions and the questions uh, mm-hmm. or the past efforts, anyway, to handle some of these, <laughs> you know, security risks, uh, alleged security risks. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I, 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 I don't want to I don't know how sure I am of these. Um, well, from, like from
1: Just to refresh, like I feel like the whole thing about we, we got to have somebody in the U.S. own TikTok because, yeah, because that's the idea. TikTok was a security threat, but also it was growing so quickly and the trump administration was just like uh i don't like that these teens are making fun of me right and it also to, really happened after the right
0: yeah. it also happened after they kind of owned him at some of their rallies that they all mass signed up for and then didn't show up they ghosted yeah. him first so then he ghosted them back but uh, uh, so, Wall Street. The Wall Street Journal reported that uh, some of some of the sources it spoke mm-hmm. to um, say that the sale to Oracle and Walmart is put on hold indefinitely. Which is honestly like TikTok. Sure. You know, I guess they, they're going to be fine with or without, like whether or not it happens, it feels like they're going to be fine. I mm-hmm. think they're going to enjoy having their own authority without Oracle and Walmart around. I almost feel sad for Oracle and Walmart. Dev, do you feel sad for
1: I don't. I don't Oracle feel sad for any of these multi-billion dollar corporations. No, sorry. But I do wonder if TikTok is going to come back and be like, hey, U.S. government, you screwed up our business for an entire year. And it Mm -hmm. just seems like it's another mess that the Biden administration may have to clean up um, that, you know, the former administration left behind. Um, So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm glad. I'm glad. It it seemed like a weird thing, right? When we were talking about this and, like, Microsoft was saying, hey, I'm going to buy a piece of TikTok. Sure. Why not? It always seemed a little Mm -hmm. weird and um, a little, like, opportunistic in a way, too. Like, oh, Trump folks are being crazy. Let's take advantage of this and buy this hot, growing uh, video app there are questions about TikTok. There are questions about its ties to the Chinese government too, for sure, as with any major, like, hot Chinese company. So those those questions to me are separate from what happened over the last year. And a lot of it wasn't about those particular questions. It was just our, you know, tiny-handed baby former president uh, had his feelings hurt and wanted to destroy this company in a way.
0: I mean, yeah. Well, in other <laughs> TikTok news, well, sort of related, TikTok's Big competitor, I guess, Instagram, uh, is has announced a new set of best practices for reels, which is Instagram's TikTok wannabe, TikTok thingy, TikTok clone. Um, yeah. It's its own version of in short videos mm-hmm. that is not stored. Anyway. Um, and it's kind of basically telling its users in its best practices not to recycle or repost videos that you you you. you initiate it from somewhere else so basically don't recycle your tiktok videos and if you do do that then you know people will still see them in their feeds but instagram's algorithms may take them down or or may not promote them because it's looking for the watermark mm-hmm. that that tiktok has on their uh videos so perhaps one of the
1: smartest things tiktok did right is get that auto watermark that moves around too so that no matter where people share that video because it's gonna end up on twitter it's gonna end up everywhere like you at least know came from our app yeah
0: right it's at the very least awareness of the app will be increased and it's a bad look for instagram right because like all i see on reels are recycled tiktok videos but Instagram's uh, like,
1: no, yeah. we didn't just copy this feature. We're doing something right. completely different, guys. Yeah.
0: Exactly. But the, okay, so the official reason from Instagram for doing this is that we've heard that low video quality reels, i.e., blurry <laughs> due to low resolution or content that is visibly recycled from other apps, like it contains logos or watermarks, mm-hmm. makes the reels experience less satisfying. <laughs> Um, so we're making this content less discoverable in places like the Reels tab. Yeah. So it's all about for the users. It's all yeah. about your user experience. Not according about Facebook to this. being
1: embarrassed that TikTok's logo is all over Reels videos. Amazing.
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so there's one good thing that will come out of this uh, in the article that uh, our our one of our writers, Chris Holt, wrote about this, which is it will at least discourage people from reposting other people's tiktoks sure, on their sure. reels to steal that clout so you know there is maybe something you saw on TikTok, that, on tiktok that was really good and you're like oh my gosh this would get me some instagram views you can't really hopefully yeah. not do that anymore depending you on how to good though, there's, there's always
1: are. gonna be a way but yeah i guess because if it's gonna be automatically looking for that uh watermark
0: yeah, yeah. And not, awesome. and not making it discoverable, right? It's not that you still mm-hmm. can't see it on your feeds. It's just less discoverable, less promoted on the mm-hmm. Reels tab, which to me, as um, I don't really even watch Reels that much. I watch Reels of people I follow specifically. But mm-hmm. uh, this doesn't make a huge difference to me and still might not encourage me to download TikTok. Like a lot of people on our team have been asking me to cough Dev and cough Julio. Yeah. Listen, um, I get it. Shirley
1: is not down with the hip new app that all the kids are into. Uh, you I'm know, not young. I'm just more in touch with more in touch with youth culture than you, Shirley.
0: Yes, that's they clearly sure what's happening. Are. I had here. to, yeah, had to explain to my cousins recently what the next gen lingo was, and they said lit squad fam, and then my cousin was like pog, and I was like, well, yeah, I am old. So
1: wait, why did anyhow. they say pog? <laughs> Because, because it just Pog means is old? the latest thing. Come on. It just means old? No,
0: Pog is... No, they're just explaining that that's another bit of lingo that people use. Hey, send us your latest uh-huh. lingo, please. Tell us in the chat <laughs> what the hot words young kids are using these days are because... Or I just send us complete gibberish
1: and we'll make Sherlyn sure say it. How about that?
0: Well, we'll make it hype. We'll make it happen. We'll
1: make it fleet. Um, yeah.
0: But Dev, what do you think about about Instagram's moves here to to... You know to mm-hmm. prevent tiktok content do you think instagram has a chance of like finding like of its users or its creators no, no, making more content not for at reels? all not
1: at all like and this is the thing we'll be talking about this soon with the way facebook works right like we saw what yes. facebook did with snapchat right they just stole this the basic snapchat uh yep. stories feature right and that is that's all facebook has been doing for a while whenever facebook feels threatened they either try to buy those threatening companies. And that ended up being Instagram originally the first, you know, startup unicorn ended up being WhatsApp. Um, But otherwise Facebook's just like, we could just copy this. Nobody cares. Mm. No one's going to come and like, you know, slap my fingers with a ruler, right? Uh, People may shout, but we're not going to get in trouble just by literally stealing features from other apps. So that's, what's mm-hmm. happening here rather than building features that are kind of fine tuned for its audience and the way people actually use Facebook's apps. They're just basically bolting on features from others. And it is, it is confusing. Like I logged on to Instagram, I think for the first time in a couple of months last week and the buttons are just in completely different places, right? The button for finding out, where where am I, like, engagement? Yeah, How can I just, see who liked ugh. my photos or who commented? It's in a completely so different place. Everything is all rearranged. So it's like they keep doing this just for fear of being, you know, uh, overtaken by competitors. And I don't know. It just seems like they're always responding with fear. We're hearing that with, uh, with a couple things, too. Like, let me just bring up. There's a report that... uh mm-hmm. Facebook is working on its own competitor to Clubhouse, the hot, hyped-up audio-only social network, which I'm not a big fan of. But obviously, yeah, if Facebook sees something getting traction and getting uh, conversation out there, they're going to want to just copy it, it, and that's all they can do. And I'm not even a fan of like the way Clubhouse works right now because it's literally, it is um, a buzzy, hyped-up social network. We have a good explainer of it and gadget as well. Um, it is sort of like just jumping into teleconference phone calls and you can see who else is on the call and their hosts and people who can guide the discussion and everything, but people relate this to podcasts. It is not podcasts. It is straight up. You're joining these chat rooms and, it is a fun thing to maybe do right now while a lot of us are stuck at home and you're not going out and everything and you just want to be in a place where you could just talk with other people or listen in on conversations. But I think post-pandemic, I don't know where Clubhouse really sits. Uh, the big thing is they've gotten some big guests lately, right? They've had Elon Musk, um, big celebrity names, uh, being talked, uh, being uh, in conversation with like notable people from Silicon Valley. It is such a weird, insular thing that... Yeah, I I've tried it. I don't like it. Um, I I don't think it has much legs. But of course, Facebook's like, how do we how do we copy this? How do we copy everything? Facebook is Microsoft in the nineties, you know, um, and that's literally what Bill Gates was doing back then.
0: I don't personally use Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to, and so I, I guess I have a question yeah. for you, Devendra. I'm not sure if you've used it because I I understand it's invite only. But uh, th- are, these are what? It's an audio-only audio only. sort of yeah. app. Is there anything like a live transcription no. or closed no. captioning? No. Not yet. No. Okay, so already, I think, like, like... Not
1: yet. So, yeah, right. it is just... It is a voice... It is a teleconference call, basically, or a large voice right. group Right, so it's, yeah. it's
0: for people with hearing... I mean, you can technically, if you have an Android mm-hmm. or a Pixel device, use your, like, live transcribe yeah. feature to, you know, hear what's being said through the app, but... It always feels like they don't really care that much about certain types of users, or certain groups of users, and they're like all about this one mm-hmm. type of user. Which so far, my sense from Twitter and tweets about Clubhouse is that it's very Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley very and, like, like entrepreneurial, hypebeasts
1: and stuff like that too. Like people, yeah. there's yeah. so many people who are in the the marketing world or who want to like build up their brands and they want to be in the hot thing. And the hot thing is this private club also, called you know Clubhouse, basically,
0: right. Which, like, for the longest time, Clubhouse, in my mind, reminded me of Club Penguin. Why? Where, like, or is it Penguin Club? I don't know. I just thought it was, like, cute little penguins talking uh, to each uh, other I mean, they're for, cute little, for little for billionaires
1: talking to each other and blocking Oy. reporters. In the, in the penguin like tuxedos. Yeah.
0: yeah, okay. I guess that makes sense-ish, yeah. sort of. But w- there's more. There's more <laughs> Facebook news is in there this week. like. Yeah.
1: So one other thing we learned, and I wrote up this news for us, is that Facebook is going to start experimenting with reducing political content in the newsfeed for some users. So it's going to start that mm-hmm. with uh, some users in Canada, Brazil, and Indonesia this week. And it's actually going to start testing that in the US uh, in a couple of weeks, too. This seems like a really interesting idea. And it seems like they're finally engaging with the idea that, hey, Facebook has become this weird place where political content... It just gets this sort of like rabbit fan base, and it's shared incessantly, and Facebook ends up becoming a, gre- a breeding ground for political instability and crazy things. Um, well, how do you feel about this, Shulin? Like, do you think this is a good start for Facebook's problem with the political discourse?
0: Political, I don't know. I honestly don't know, really, because I feel like people are stubborn, you know really what's what's important is is true like mm-hmm, discourse mm-hmm. dialogue conversation and labeling things and reducing the amount of like triggering things that they see i think the labels were probably something that people were more likely to mm-hmm. ignore seeing less or fewer political items in your newsfeed might help put people in a better mood maybe just to like make them more open to conversation because they don't feel as Mm -hmm. defensive or they feel like, I don't know, that's, that's like my take so far for misinformation. That's definitely like, it has to, it has to be banned. It has to be like blocked. And they've been working on that. This is more like straight up just people talking
1: about politics in a way. And I think also when you consider, um, you know, things like the time leading up to the Capitol insurrection you know early last month mm-hmm. uh facebook and other social platforms were places where people got together and talked about these things um even if it was private groups it is still like your platforms being used for literally the overthrow of the government and that's something i feel like facebook is trying to stop a little uh it's weird because this company has spent the past what 15 years just uh perfect perfecting its uh, algorithm and it's a engine for just keeping people engaged, right? Engagement was the key thing for a while. And now we're seeing the, the net effects of too much engagement. It's like, oh no, we are creating conspiracy theorists because they start reading a news post, (sighs) right? That is just some random garbage and it brings them down a rabbit hole and brings them to this group where they start talking with other like-minded people. And, uh, it's often older people or people who don't have like many other social connections. So they end up feeling a kinship with these online groups it is uh yeah it's a deep dark web yeah
0: i'll say this too like we were just talking about facebook ripping off of things like snapchat and you know in 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 our discussion about tiktok and the reason facebook is able to get away with doing that i don't Mm -hmm. think it's the reason but but one of the reasons it still finds Mm -hmm. worth and value in doing that is because it's able to it reaches so many people that snapchat had never it never just did so the fact that facebook ripped off stories Mm -hmm. put it in instagram and then it's starting to put it has already put it in facebook it probably will come to whatsapp (laughs) at some point it's already in messenger (laughs) so like you know facebook has this massive reach and we know its influence Mm -hmm. is insane like just so many people live their lives through one or more facebook apps and it's important for Facebook to consider like its influence on public discourse. For sure,
1: for sure. I mean, Facebook has uh, nobody is using Twitter. To Three billion users now worldwide, like across all its products. Yeah. Like Facebook is the internet for so many people. It is. It is the main platform for engagement. It is. That's why I'm so critical of it because I do think this is a giant company that's grown so big and they have no clue what the hell they're doing. And so often, like they just look back and like, oh, we messed up. Even though all the critics have been saying, hey, maybe you should do something about misinformation and people taking your platform and using it to influence elections and whatnot, which we saw leading up to 2016's election, Facebook, just as a company, has kind of refused to acknowledge that. So, hey, more things are happening. They're actively banning COVID-19 vaccine misinformation. That seems like a good thing that's happening now um, because we need people to take that damn – take their vaccines so we can get out of this mess, right?
0: I – Again, don't know how much help that will, like, you know, contribute to the cause of getting everyone vaccinated because, again, there's still going to be Mm -hmm. groups of anti vaxxers talking amongst themselves. And yes, it's they will not be able to share links on their feed, maybe about with misinformation, but you sure as hell can bet they're going to like Mm -hmm, send it directly to each other or post links or find yeah. a way around it there's still like for sure for people sure. who are yeah. that stubborn but at least this i, is I one think the step. key
1: is the newsfeed is just like the thing you see right as soon as you launch facebook and it's sort of like just a fountain of information so if they can be like okay you got to work a little harder like it's some friction to get to the weird bad conversations that are enabled by our site um there's a net effect to that where you don't just like fall down the rabbit hole immediately so I appreciate that. Hope to see more like active efforts from Facebook and others to kind of manage their conversations. Anything else you want to mention about Facebook, Sherline? No,
0: I think I've said it all, right? Like just consider their, their reach and consider the influence that they have. And that's why it's important to make sure Don't. that they do the right thing.
1: Okay, folks, in other news, um, we're trying to figure out what's going to happen with E3 this year. There was a report. Um, from several sites that uh, E3 would be turning its event into a digital thing, just like it was last year, which honestly makes a lot of sense. Um, E3, mm-hmm. or the ESA, the organization behind E3, has responded and said that they're going to be transforming the experience for this year. They had, they're they not saying how exactly. Um, I cannot imagine this is an event that happens when? July we're not going to be doing an in-person E3 anytime soon. People aren't Mm -hmm. going to be getting on planes or staying in hotels. So, you know, give up on that idea. But I, I do wonder why are they being so coy with this? That is just super weird to me. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts, Sherlyn?
0: I think they're not sure if they have Mm -hmm. enough Mm -hmm. news for an event. And I, I mean, the E3 before 2020 was widely panned as like nothing Mm -hmm. happening, nothing interesting. A lot of people are saying it was such a much less Mm -hmm. exciting show than before. Mm -hmm. And then you have the console launches all happening in the pandemic year. (laughs) And then now it's like, well, what's going to happen? I don't know, Dev, you probably have more insight than I do.
1: We don't know how companies are working with E3 and the ESA is still reeling from what happened a couple of years ago where basically a lot of private information from attendees, including journalists, including their phone numbers and addresses got mm-hmm. leaked out because the ESA were complete idiots when it came to data security. People had to move. They had to move their houses. They had to you know, find new places to live because their families weren't safe because angry gamers would take that information and just like send, uh, mm-hmm. I believe some were swatted or like they just didn't know what these people would do. Um, and the ESA holds a lot of responsibility for that. I don't think they ever really fully apologized. So, yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen with this event.
0: Yeah, that might be part of it. And I do think that if, if the if the ESA is considering uh, an online show this year, it might be because mm-hmm. it was looking at CES and seeing how that went and thinking that maybe they yeah. can replicate something like that. Not to say that this like CES this year was hugely successful yeah. or anything, th- but... All the shows are going virtual.
1: I think we're getting better at virtual shows. And they're also, I I don't know if you've seen this, Sherlyn, but um, the, you know, Jeff Keeley is a guy who's been hosting the Video Game Awards and he's done, you Mm. know, the Summer Games Fest. So he's hosted these events virtually uh, with, you know, big companies participating and big guests and everything. And people follow his events because you get to see cool trailers for things. Um, Some of those events have had like free game demo weekends on Steam where you could just like go play something new for a little while. And those are all things I think really won over a lot of gamers have to say personally, I, I want to care more about E3. Um, since I was a little bitty gamer, you know, it was a thing <laughs> I read about <laughs> yeah. in electronic gaming monthly and other magazines and be like, i want to go there someday. I want to do this thing. And, um, yeah, I was lucky enough to get to go a few times, but where it is now, I don't think the ESA has done a good job of like, maintaining its relevancy it should probably stick around and certainly in digital form this this year but i hope they find ways to like engage gamers more and you know the industry get some of those get some of those demos out there if they can work with Mm -hmm. microsoft and sony and nintendo to get some quick demos into their stores or even with steam for people to like play things over the cloud I think that could all be really useful for a lot of folks. This is a place where cloud gaming could be better, where you don't have to install something on your system. You could just like, hey, go into a web browser, play the first 15 minutes of this this demo, right, that typically you would have to travel to Los Angeles to play. There are ways we could do this, and I hope uh, we figure this out moving forward. Yeah.
0: For sure. Well, there's been happier news, I think.
1: Happier news? Are you talking about Cat Lawyer? Let's hear Cat Lawyer. Mr. Ponton, I believe you have a filter turned on in the video settings. Uh, take, take we're trying look. to. we tr- Can you hear me, Judge? I can hear you. I think it's a filter. It, the- it is, and I don't know how to remove it. I've got my assistant here; she's trying to, but uh, I'm prepared to go forward with it. That's. I'm here live. It's not, I'm not a cat. I can. I can see that. Um, I think if you click the up arrow next to this,
0: <laughs>
1: I... I'm i not a cat. Let's make that is the current meme. And I feel like that just speaks to the heart of where we are as a society right now. I am not a cat, says uh, attorney Rod Ponton, who was transformed into a cute little kitty cat with uh, facial mapping um, during... A recent trial, I believe, or yeah, I, I forget what exactly this event even was. But he was working, you know, he was talking to a judge. He was uh there was the competing attorney right there. This was a very official event. And um he was a itty bitty little kitty cat. And I just have to say, this is this is all of us, right? Isn't this your worst nightmare, Shalin? Uh,
0: I don't know. I think I would roll with it. Uh-huh. I think I would have enjoyed being a cat, but I will say that like I've been Out this week, uh, dealing with, like, family affairs. And uh, I didn't look at Twitter until that day. Like, that fateful day when Cat Lawyer was trending. The impeachment trial was also trending. Mm -hmm. And everyone was like, it's Lawyer Day, but it's Cat Lawyer Day. And, like, honestly, there were a few things that could, like, make me really, like, Uh like, laugh or smile. And I was, like, looking at that video, and I was just like, okay, this is, like... I can't help but laugh. Everything because
1: it, it is set up like a, like a great comedy sketch too, because it's sort of like you see the cat and then you hear the realization of the guy. The cat's face. He's like oh oh no. And then the judge puts on yeah. his glasses, like I gotta I gotta get a closer look of what the hell is happening here. Um I'm not a cat and the judge is just like I can I can see it's, that. I love it. It's love it. Also it is a perfectly the cat's executed, eyes. and the cat eyes. The cat eyes are looking down at the Zoom logo, like "oh no," because they're mapped to his it's face.
0: Figuring out <laughs> right the, this man <laughs> freaking out at being a cat in front of this important trial is everything. It's I love it. You can hear it—the distress in his voice, the fact that he had to explain he was not a cat because the AI was just so good. It was it was insane. I feel <laughs> like there's an SNL skit in our future. Is, I mean, like, that
1: was a. SNL right now will take the skit and milk like exactly. milk the humor out of it so that it is not funny anymore. I don't know. Um, yeah. But let's talk about what happened here. Um, so we've seen a couple of reports that apparently this was a video plugin uh, that was included in Dell laptops like a decade ago. So this lawyer is just on Amazing. a really really old machine, um, and it was the default plugin for video chats. Which I'm just I am baffled why you would turn a cute cat. <laughs> filter into something that would be the default for Skype and everything and I'm also shocked it just works with Zoom like it was smart enough to work with an app that definitely didn't exist back then when it was created so kudos to the company who has developed this thing um there are ways you could get similar filters on your your system if you really want it uh but yeah these days you can actually get like things that are actually mapped to your face and look more um more modern what i think what's hilarious about this is that there's like the basics of face mapping right like the face moves he blinks so his good. mouth moves but it is sort of like this janky um 2000 era of uh, facial mapping and i i, I kind of dig it the aesthetic if it was perfect it was a perfect you know snapchat cat replica that would not be as funny it is. You need the herky jerky. You need the eyes. You need everything to make this work. And yeah, uh, you know, he's the guy of the moment. He is the new ABC dad, right?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I have two things to say just about this specific thing, which is one: the <laughs> opposition's face is stone cold the entire time, which is incredible. He is not having yeah. any of this. He's like, you're not going to win any points from the jury just by being cute. And then the the second thing is my other thought was, what if? All of your cats, because I don't have my own cats, but what if all your, of your cats' internal voices actually sounded like, like this man's?
1: Hands? I would like, We all think our
0: cats sound cute as hell, but actually, this is how they sound.
1: Why would you put that heads? in my head, Sherlock? It's a don't, thought. To, don't do that. Um,
0: now you have to think about To be about clear, it.
1: this was a civil forfeiture case, so nothing, nothing sexy. It wasn't a murder trial or anything. It was just like a simple procedural trial but uh it it will now live on in infamy um i will say uh thanks to the internet i believe this uh this guy this lawyer was milkshake ducked pretty quickly because later that day and by milkshake duck uh i'm talking about the meme wherein everybody's like milkshake duck the you know the this fun duck loves to dance and drink milkshakes and then immediately after we regret to inform you that milkshake duck is racist OK, like that's it's, it's just Ugh. what happens immediately on the Internet. Um, this happened oh, sort no. of in a way because I believe this guy um, was accused of using the power of his office to harass a former, you know, a former person that he was seeing. So not 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 a great dude. Yeah,
0: that is so yep. sad. That is so, so sad. I, I guess I will no longer wish that your cat's internal voice sounds like this No, man. not
1: at all. And yeah, shout out. It was Pixelated Boat. It is one of the genius, genius tweets from Mr. Mister Boat. And uh, thank him. I thank him so much for it's him and Drill really describing the internet as uh, it exists today and as we live in it. <laughs> what makes you be more of the Shirley? And how about some Overcooked too?
0: Look, uh, very kindly, people uh-huh. in my life or not in my life. Have sent me this news article about overcooked two being free like to a play to a drug for yeah. a week around Valentine's yeah. Day. And I mean, D-Man, one of our regulars, sent I think sent it to us via Twitter <laughs> as well. Uh, our social media editor Mike Morris also sent it to me. And I'm just like, y'all, I already own this thing. Why do I need it to be free to play? <laughs> Who do you think I am? But I guess. Yeah. yeah. I have the gold class membership to Overcooked too. I don't need. I don't need the free to play. do you know,
1: what what comes in the gold class? membership? Uh, the
0: the bonsai out, out bundle apparently according to this graphic that we're looking at. <laughs> um, I would be interested in checking out the bonsai uh-huh. out, out bundle. But I will say that there is probably a furious game of Overcooked two in my future, in my near future, uh, if 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 the snowstorm uh-huh. lets up, or you know we'll see. But it, it, it's nice to see, I guess. Some people getting into overcooked during this time. Valentine's Day, I think some of the articles wow. were saying that this is going wow. to be you and your partner's relationship test. And it truly <laughs> is honestly a good test if Yeah.
1: Really, really laying down the overcooked snobbery there, Shalin. Wow. Like some people, for new folks, I do think if we ever record you playing uh, Overcooked, um, especially oh if we boy. get you doing it live, we get oh so much meme, so much it's, meme it's mileage out of that.
0: Bad. It's it's yeah, the ridiculous, the <laughs> most ridiculous things have been said. Where like one of my friends who the when I was in, first introduced to the game, one of my friends is like an uh-huh. army officer or something, and she was like. So mad at everyone she sat us down and she was like, "You stay here you st-. and then like started screaming and everyone it was the it was the greatest thing ever that's
1: this is not the army um I do I imagine for you, Shirley, it would be like a uh, paranormal activity where it's just like you standing in one spot for an hour if we sped it up it would just be you like shifting um, not moving, not drinking, not going to the bathroom or
0: anything excuse just you me I like I said, <laughs> I have the gold class membership. I played this uh-huh. solo. Like I play this is kind of sad.
1: Yeah, but, yeah exactly. but
0: I'm so good that I can play this two at least two player game solo <laughs> and still win and cleared all the levels
1: with the controller in each exactly. hand. Exactly. Yeah. So
0: like, no, just uh, you switch players with the, the anyway. I, I uh, g- give me some credit here. You know, I'm there like chopping things, frying. I give
1: you credit. I give you credit for being obsessed with overcooked, and I would love to see the time lapse. Uh, it would be that. great. Maybe we can make that happen someday. someday. We can play
0: this live. It'll be fun.
1: Let's move on to what we've been working on. And I'll let you actually lead the way here, Shilin, because I'm sure there's a lot of stuff you want to talk about from Sundance last week, which we didn't get to hear from you. What's up? Like, what were your favorite things from Sundance?
0: Um, So, Coda was actually amazing. So, yes, I, I I wish I could have had the mm-hmm. time to really dig down to the Sundance chat because, like, some of the things that Terrence really enjoyed, I, I didn't really enjoy as much as he did, but him and I have different tastes. It's fine. <laughs> um,
1: but... You just really wanted to stamp on he his He loves like, We're All it. Going to the to the
0: World's Fair, which is something that I was initially excited for based mm-hmm. on the synopsis, but yeah, I, yeah. it was not my my thing, and that's fine. One thing that T- Terrence and I did agree on was how strange Four Feet High VR was, and I wrote that up for our little yeah. Sundance roundup. Um, four Feet High VR, I
1: th- yeah, I, I think too. it had the yeah. potential
0: to be really good, like a, a good look at what it's like to be in a wheelchair as a teenager, exploring your sexuality, mm-hmm. which it's an intersection of topics that I've been looking at for a while now, but we haven't really seen explored otherwise. And it was a really stark look, but I think the filmmakers got a little too caught up in exploring the medium as opposed to telling the story. Mm-hmm. So it got a bit too convoluted. Like it was hard to watch. Um like I literally had spin around to just catch like to stay you know, for on sure, top of it, sure. what's going on.
1: Um, I, I kind of love that, though. Like my, my thing about it. Um, so I watch this as well. Right. And it is 360 degree video. Right. It's video you put on your headset and you're looking in one direction. You could turn around all the way. You can't really move, but you can look in every different direction. I do think compared to a lot of the things we used to see, Sherlyn, at like Tribeca and other film festivals, it does feel like the quality is better and the way they place the camera. Like, yeah, sometimes you may have to look behind you, but it's not always essential, right? It is a, there are reasons why you may want to watch this multiple times because you're not going to catch everything at once. And sometimes you'll be looking at something behind you. You kind of hear something uh, you're looking at something in front of you. You sometimes hear something behind you, and because it has like you know environmental audio, you turn around and there's also something there for you to l- look at. Oh too. yeah, I so, mean, I know. I feel like that was. Purposeful. I do think, like yeah. like
0: I said, the technical and technological parts of it were impressively mm-hmm. done. The quality, like you said, yeah. was good. Some of the animation and there is some animation interplay here was intriguing mm-hmm. as well. The way it like was mapped nicely to the surroundings. I just kind of there are parts of the story that to me it took away from, but there are still parts of the story that were well. Just, I just I guess I had higher hopes for it yeah. than than I might have. Yeah. The yeah, other good accessibility related uh, piece to come out of Sundance, I think, was Coda and Dev. You 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 know mm-hmm. put us onto it by reminding us it won awards. I think, and I was just
1: well, it won awards and it was also the biggest budget acquisition effort for oh, yeah! Sundance. Apple has picked it up for twenty five million dollars. That's pretty crazy. I saw yeah. that
0: and I was like, good on Coda, because mm-hmm. it's a pretty indie-ish sure. film to begin with. And mm-hmm. uh the it tells a story of this girl, Coda stands for Child of Death Adults, Deaf Adults. And mm-hmm. but it also has this meaning in music. Coda means that little pair like chorus you go back to or I forget mm-hmm. my music knowledge has Subsided sadly. But it's got that like double meaning. It's a word with two meanings. It's ambiguous. And um it's a story about this girl who's a teenage daughter of basically all her family members are deaf. And so she's like their link to the hearing world. But she wants to mm-hmm. sing and she wants to pursue music and go to music school. And so there's that like it's a beautiful story that plays out really nicely. I think this is a clear example of how the filmmakers were able to tell the struggles the very like hard to understand struggles of being in such a unique situation and like i just i was crying at the end of it for various reasons but i was crying at the end of it because it's very moving and mm-hmm. it, i i mean whenever it does come out on apple tv i feel like our listeners do yourselves a favor it's such a it's such a beautiful yeah. heartwarming story you should uh t- check it out it is out.
1: like it is very much a traditional high school narrative right it yes, is about this very, girl who's now yeah. cast like she's She had, you know, she is the person who has to help her deaf family, but they're also, uh, they fish, you know, so they spend every morning out on the water and she goes to school and she doesn't change. So she smells like a fisherman, Mm, basically. mm -hmm. So it's things like that. And then like her, the way high schoolers just like ostracize her because of that, that all feels... Interesting, but also kind of something we've seen before. There's her young romance. Yeah. Yeah. It is sort of like she has to break out of the confines of this family and, you know, fly and be herself. And it is that. But I think unlike a lot of these movies, her family, you know. It, it's complicated. It's not just one thing. Um, she loves her family, and there are reasons why she may want to break out on her own. The reasons why her family may be relying too much on her, and they need to oh, teach her as well. So it is a movie about all these things. Yeah. I think
0: one thing that drew me into it, when I started feeling like the tropes were a bit too familiar, but what drew me yeah. in was the music teacher character. I think there's a lot of likable <laughs> characters here that you might want to stick around for, too. So... We'll yep. see. Uh, one last thing I wanted to shout out from Sundance <laughs> is this experience called Beyond the Breakdown. Um, it's mm-hmm. part of the New Frontiers, which is like a mixed medium experience, where basically I just signed up to join a Zoom call with like six strangers. And <laughs> I know that doesn't sound like a lot of fun. I wasn't expecting it to be, but it was actually a, a strangely insightful and hopeful like conversation moderated by AI um asking Mm -hmm. some questions about it
1: looked like a video chat it was a video chat from my perspective it's just a video chat yeah Yeah. it
0: was purely a video chat but an ai was moderating Mm -hmm. where like it's listening out for every user and it's making sure everyone Mm -hmm. sort of contributed to answering the question that it was asking and then when it's time to move on it'll move on i believe that when it senses things are getting heated it'll also force a timeout like it did enforce a timeout during Mm -hmm. my chat but not because people were getting heated but did they
1: give you a tone warning like man, the amazon thing that would be
0: that would be interesting i didn't we didn't have yeah. that experience but i'm sure if like if people get heated it would um but it was it was strangely like an interesting and hopeful experience because it made me feel like there are people in this world who mm-hmm. want to just you know Talk about building a better future. I think that's nice. Sure. Um, I did a write-up about it on Engadget as well. If you want more details on why I found it so hopeful, it's, I think that's, that's something worth reading. So that was... Uh,
1: yeah, search Sundance 2021 for all of our stuff from sure. the show this year. I, I like this thing, truly like as I was reading about it, just because it seemed like, hey, what if this was the way we could build a better society, right? Rather than just sit back and let like... Um, people in power kind of make decisions for us and not really they'll they may hear you but they don't have to acknowledge what you're saying or do anything about your complaints like yeah it it is such like a utopian vision for the way we could manage a society yeah yeah
0: Yeah. i i I enjoyed it and i learned a lot i learned a lot about what different people in different parts of the world see as care like and how they want to live Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing so it, it was good uh yeah definitely check out the the site for all our sundance coverage if you haven't already um, as for the Great. Anything else from Sundance, Sherlyn? No, nothing much else for or, from Sundance. Yeah, but other stuff I'm working on. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be doing much this week, but uh, I'm still testing that ThinkPad that I've mentioned last week. And then hopefully you'll see me get back to like full full work stuff next week. How about you, Dev?
1: Yeah, on my end, I've got a couple of things I need to review. So I do have MSI's latest uh, GS66 Stealth gaming laptop in. And this is the one with NVIDIA's new RTX 3000 graphics. And the 1440p monitor. And I'm really interested in seeing, like, how are gaming laptops going to handle 1440p? Because it is better than 1080p right it's better than standard hd which we've had for a while in a lot of laptops but not as sharp as 4k and i do think it's kind of like a nice middle ground so i'll be taking a look at that i in general for pc gaming i've always liked 1440p so yeah i'm excited about this um, i still have the giant dell 40 inch ultra wide monitor to review it's sitting in front of me right now and just trying to make sense of that too And uh, you know stuff stuff coming up. We we got a bunch of things. I'm also working on a review of the the new Studio Ghibli animated movie, which I'll be talking about soon.
0: Dang, I'm sure people are excited for that. I'm not a oh oh that will tie into my picks, so I'm not gonna not gonna spoil anything right now.
1: (laughs) Well, let's yeah, let's move on to our pop culture picks. What's up with you, Sherlyn?
0: Um, so I have been looking for like heartwarming things to watch and of course Mm -hmm. my first stop was disney plus um and like i revisited some old favorites like monsters inc and incredibles i just like them because they have cute little baby characters adorable but i don't know if i've said this before on the show i would love for y'all to like just make sure if you have disney plus check out all the extras please the extras are Mm -hmm the best thing about Disney plus we like, I didn't even, yeah. no one had told me about all of these extras or I would have signed up for Disney plus a hell of earlier. Um, okay. But for monsters Inc, there's like, sorry from, from the Incredibles, there's like a whole separate section on Jack, Jack. Like there's just bonus content about Jack, Jack It's great yeah. uh, for monsters Inc. You get extras on like Mike and, and I guess his car, which I'm less interested in. I want more baby, cute baby and cute animated babies. Just give me more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so Disney Plus, if you have it, check out all the extras. The other thing was my actual show recommendation is, I don't know if you've heard anything about this, it's Resident Alien, uh, Dev.
1: I have heard about yeah. it, and I love Mr. Alan Tudyk, so yeah. I will be watching so it I, at some point. So I
0: have seen the pilot at the very least, and I'm making mm-hmm. my way through the show. It's a sci-fi show, I believe, and it's on Prime Video, if I'm not wrong. Um, mm. It's it's good, Uh <laughs> very 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 weird. Alan Tudyk is amazing in it, but the the show is just so strange in a good way. The story is gripping. I kind of struggled to like the characters at first, but I've warmed up to them. <laughs> it's 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 definitely going in a very interesting direction. I feel like if you're looking for a almost a procedural sci-fi mix plus a little bit of a small town vibe, this will this will get you. This is going to get you in all mm-hmm. the right places. Um, and then yeah, finally...
1: And to sorry. be clear, by the way, uh, this is something... It is on a sci-fi, so you either have to pay for sci-fi service or either... I think you can also get sci-fi through Prime Video. Yeah. So, yeah. You can watch the first of the pilot for free on YouTube in a couple places, but yes. I do want to see the rest of this, yeah.
0: I Yeah, I, I mean, it is, it's it's pretty good. It's, if you have to spend money on it, it's it's. I feel like it might be worth it, but I can't decide for you what you spend your money on. Anyway, uh, my third one is... I've probably mentioned this before. If no one's recommended you play Beat Saber yet, <laughs> go play Beat oh, yeah. Saber. Because Beat Saber is incredible. I, if anyone has a video trained on me while I'm playing Beat Saber, you'll think I'm cocky <laughs> and arrogant as hell. Because I am feeling myself when I play Beat Saber. And mm. the, partly because the music in it uh, is good, right? Like... <laughs> Let's ignore the the very it's debatable. But yeah, yeah I yeah. know. Let's ignore uh-huh. the very electronic OST stuff. But they yeah. just released, I think fairly recently, the BTS pack. This is the Korean pop band BTS and the songs in there are some of the favorites like Dope I like. There's um uh, some names I forget. Oh, there's Boy with Love if you like that. It's a little Boy with Love is a little slow for me. Um, but there's also in the bonus songs of Beat Saber, there's also um, KDA's Popstar, which I really really like, and these are great songs to mm-hmm. just dance to. And as I'm hitting these like blocks coming at me, I, yeah, I get some. So swagger. you're you're wearing
1: a VR headset. Yes. you're hitting the blocks. Like it's a very active game, right? For people, it's who yeah, it's before.
0: less active than Supernatural. It doesn't, you know, you don't mm-hmm. have to move around as much. There's there's some moving around, and it at least gets you moving. Uh, it's a, you could
1: put weights on your arms right. and get like that's a that's better decent, exactly like, arm get like a there, weighted yeah.
0: bracelet and 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 mm-hmm. do that but uh it's it's a good way to get your get your heart moving a little bit faster mm-hmm. the BTS pack I I shelled out the 16 or 15 dollars for it because I knew I would enjoy <laughs> the game just so much more with it uh- huh but i if you have an a vr headset and it's an oculus quest at the very least or any oculus headset i guess um, yeah. the the beat saber is a really good buy uh, i really enjoy it's it it's
1: really good on the quest like i i should say just because you don't have any wires yeah. you're free to like as long as you find a space you're free to like move around and have mm-hmm. a lot of fun it is sort of also the danger of VR because you could get really into it and just like slam into a wall uh, or swing and hit your TV, your TV? poor TV.
0: Yeah, my poor, new, what my did you poor do? new TV is dented a little bit because I slammed my controller into the screen. I can't it's tell. It's amateur
1: screen. VR mistake, Shirley. Oh, ah,
0: there it is. That's the scratch. That's great. Um, <laughs> yes. But, yep. but, but yeah, yep. Beat Saber, if you're into VR games at all, I cannot stop recommending it. There you go.
1: Cool. Cool. Uh, yeah, we should do a VR-focused episode. A Anything else,
0: JoLynn? No, what about you? What are you going to tell me to watch this week?
1: Hey, so I'm going to tell you not to watch one <laughs> thing, and that is that Studio Ghibli CG animated movie I was just talking about, Earwig <sighs> and the Witch. Oh, I no. hate it. I hate it so much. Oh, I hate no. it so much. It is It is an ugly Movie directed by Gorō Miyazaki, the son of Hayao Miyazaki. Um, it's about a little girl who who's placed in an orphanage and um, you know gets adopted by a witch and is forced to basically be their house servant in oh a no. way. Um, the the characters aren't great. It is um, it's by the same author who did House Moving Castle, but hmm. this particular story just feels really weak. And what I hate most is that the animation looks like trash. You know, if I'm watching a Ghibli movie, I am. I'm here for fluid animation and expressive characters and, you know, settings of nature that are so peaceful that they feel almost realistic. And I've been watching a lot of Ghibli movies over the last year because my daughter Sophia is in love with them. I'm very glad that she's into, like, good kids animated, you know, things because there's a lot of bad stuff out there, too. But the detail behind every frame of a Ghibli movie, you know, is astounding This movie, um, I'm working on that review right now. It just feels like a huge letdown. It's really ugly. The characters are like, they're they're horrifying. There's no detail around them. There's nothing. Everybody looks like kind of a plastic cartoon Mm -hmm. doll. The animation isn't very expressive. And the environments are all right. Like, I feel like. Ghibli has used CG for certain things, like uh, scenes of flowers and Spirited Away and uh, certain things in Mononoke, but never for a full movie like this. And, uh, yeah, I think it's horrific. I think it is a travesty. I hope this is just, like, a a thing that they made to, you know, fund uh, Hayao Miyazaki's next movie. And I hope... Yeah, I don't want to see too much of this. We've seen a lot of bad CG anime. Like, I'm just... I'm at a point where I feel personally affronted by the existence of, like, stiff CG anime uh, things. Uh, The most recent Ghost in the Shell show, a series that I love, looks like absolute garbage. Mm. And I'm just angry about it as, like, a longtime anime fan and somebody who appreciates the way animation lets you do anything, right? Animation is... Uh, uh, it is a medium with limitless potential you can have huge explosions you can have big budget you know sequences um the only cost is the level of detail for the animation right and cg has a way of simplifying that but i think this particular movie shows that cg just can't erase that the magic of animation so much uh where it's just like i you don't want to watch this thing so yeah i hate it do not recommend you're with the witch
0: I'm glad you said that because I saw it on Netflix and was about to click <laughs> through to watch it because I was like, oh, it could be a heartwarming cartoon thing. And then I read yeah. the synopsis and I'm like, this doesn't sound good. This just doesn't sound good. I'm glad that, like, you, I didn't even know it was Studio Ghibli. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: that was interesting to, like, hear you say yeah. that. I, I'm glad I'll give it a pass.
1: I'm working on a thing. I need, like, more time to actually finish this review because there's mm. all this other stuff happening this week. But, yeah, there's that. Uh, one movie I do want to recommend uh, that... You all rent and check out, and it's a little controversial. It is "Promising Young Woman" by Emerald Fennell, and this is a movie starring Carrie Mulligan, who plays sort of an avenging angel against men. Hmm. In a way, like she, it's it's a film about the repercussions of assault and the way mm. that affects you know the lives of people around you, and you know in this movie. Her friend was assaulted and uh, basically committed suicide because of all those issues, uh, because of her experience, right? And now Carrie Mulgan's character spends almost every night um, going out, trying to make herself feel vulnerable and taking in guys who could potentially, you know, um, who are trying to take advantage of her. And it's all about her turning the tables on them and being like, hey, guy, what are you doing here? It is... um, It is a really interesting movie. I feel like there's a lot going on here. It is super sharp. It has some of the best music I've heard, or at least best musical choices in the film. And this is a directorial debut of Emerald Fennell, who, you know, she's an actor. She's on The Crown. And, you know, she's been in a bunch of stuff lately. Uh, I believe she was behind the second season of Killing Eve, which wasn't as good as the first season. But I really enjoyed still overall. I'd recommend you check out this movie. Just be prepared for a blowout ending. Like, you may end up hating this movie. You may end up loving it. But I think it is, like, a pure artistic um, expression. And I hope more people see it. And I hope more people get to talk about it. And, hey, we talked about it on the Slash Filmcast most recently. So you could check out our review of that there, too.
0: Well, that's it for our episode this week, everyone. Thank you, as always, for listening. Our theme music is by game composer Dale North. Our outro music is by our very own Terrence O'Brien. The podcast is produced by Ben Elman. You can find Devendra online at,
1: at Devendra on Twitter. Maybe you can find my secret TikTok account somewhere. And uh, yeah, I podcast about movies and TV at the slash filmcast at slashfilm.com.
0: If you have cute animated babies or puppies or I guess kittens to share, you can send them <laughs> my way on Twitter at Sherlin Email us your thoughts and feedback at podcastengadge.com. Leave us a review, please, on iTunes and subscribe on anything that gets podcasts, including Spotify.